You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 226. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki. And on the podcast today, I am interviewing my good friend, Dana Welfare. Uh, I've known Dana for about two years now. She first joined Macros 101 and then joined Coaching Academy and now is building her own business, Coaching Women. She is fantastic. And I am super excited that you're going to get to know a little bit about her and her story and her journey and the things that she's learned over, over that time period. In this episode, we talk a lot about mental freedom. And um, I love one of the analogies that Dana gave, and, and I kind of ran with of, of this idea of um, unloading the restriction, creating this burden that is on your back. And many of you may be able to relate to that of, of feeling this weight, this burden on your back. And Dana talks about how macro counting really helped her to to get that off and to feel lighter and to feel more free and to really clear out her mind from all this conflicting information that she had been hearing from various sources. And uh, I really wanted her to come on the podcast and talk about this idea of mental freedom and um, you know, give you some ideas if that's something you feel like you're in that place of restriction, you're in that place of feeling just like a weight is on you all the time, knowing that there is a possibility in the future to feel lighter, to feel like you can get rid of some of those burdens and and to be able to get the results that you want. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Dana Welfare. All right. I am so excited to be able to welcome Dana Welfare onto the podcast. Dana, thanks for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. It's going to be such a fun conversation because Dana is such a fun person and I'm so proud of her and all that she's done in the last, I don't know, what's it been like two years? Um, yeah, it's, only yeah, two years. it's crazy. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk all about that, but let's start off with just like a general introduction for my audience. Um, who are you and, and what do you do? All right. Well, I am Dana Welfare and I am a wife, a mom of four. I am a grandma. I don't know if you knew that. I, I don't, I didn't know that. Yes, I have a one-year-old grandson. Oh, so <laughs> Can you fun. believe that? I'm a grandma. No, I can't believe that. <laughs> You're a young grandma. <laughs> oh, thank you. And um, I'm also a Bible teacher, but I love helping women. I actually uh, offer a 16-week coaching program designed to help busy moms lose fat and keep it off so that they can feel better in their clothes and love the body that they see in the mirror. I love it. Okay, but... That's that's been really recent, right? So you say that like <laughs> yeah. you say that now, and like I want to talk about the process to getting there because I know yes. it was a little windy, a little windy for you. So let's go back yeah. in time a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about when you first 
found macro counting. Um, what, what was that like at that point? What were you struggling with? What were you needing help with and what appealed to macro counting? Yeah. So I will give you the cliff notes version because this was a really windy road. Okay. (laughs) So I, growing up, I didn't really struggle with my weight because I was in sports. I was very active and, you know, I ate whatever. It just really wasn't so much of an issue. And then I got married and I had a baby (laughs) and I literally gained 75 pounds and enjoyed every bite of it. I really did. (laughs) And between each pregnancy, it became harder and harder to lose the weight. And then suddenly you have a five-year-old, no longer baby. (laughs) And uh, you're like, my goodness, I need to do something here. And so I started trying to do just different things. I found, you know, Weight Watchers and I, I ran a marathon. Um, one, did you win one, one marathon like me? <laughs> did you one gain, marathon. did you gain weight running your, I gained weight running my I marathon. Gained training a pound. Oh yeah. I gained a pound yeah. and it was all said and done. The reason why I ran it was because I thought, Oh, running, they say run, you lose right. weight. Yeah. So I'm going to run a lot. Yeah. Then right. I, I want to lose a lot of weight. I remember like going through and like you do your like 17 mile or what. Right. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I burned like 1700 calories. Like, let's go. (laughs) I was like the heaviest I've ever been. Like when I ran my marathon, it did not work. So I'm with you on that. No, it, It didn't. It didn't. And so I decided actually a doctor told me, this is what happened. He said that I was healthy obese Mm. and I thought, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm healthy obese. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm fine. I'm just going to accept myself the way I am Mm -hmm. until I'm what? I'm healthy obese. (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't didn't know how to handle that before a minute. I kind of stood still. And then that's when I actually got on the scale and I was the same weight that I was when I gained the 75 pounds. And Mm -hmm. I just was like, wow, I don't even have a baby. I'm not pregnant. Like what? what is this? I need to do something seriously until I'm like unhealthy obese. And that's the direction I was headed. I wasn't comfortable in my skin. And so I went back to Weight Watchers. That didn't work. I tried um, keto. I tried keto. <laughs> and because <laughs> I thought, okay, well, I have to like, you know, restrict. That's the way you got to restrict. Mm-hmm. And I had some initial success, but I could not imagine life without pizza mm-hmm. and all the other things. I'm a foodie at heart. And that's when I kind of came across macros. That's when it came into the picture. Mm -hmm. I got a food plan from somewhere off the internet Mm -hmm. and it started, I, I, maybe two weeks in, it started working. Let's just say working. I started losing weight and I thought, what is this thing called macros? What am I doing? I have no clue. I'm eating these foods. Why is it working? And so I started doing the research and I found you Mm -hmm. and it was, I want to say it was like the last day before macros one-on-one close. I've never heard from you <laughs> of you before. And I, I struggled like, do I want to, do I want to send the money to do this? I don't know this woman, you know, what, what's going to happen here, but I really wanted to learn. And so that's where it started. Last, that, like two summers ago. I would say, was it summer, ago. summer of 2020? Yes. Was that you? Yes. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Yeah. Okay. So you came into, it came into macros one-on-one. What surprised you most about the process? What, like, what did, what were you not expecting? 
Oh, well, I wasn't expecting to leave with a business. I'll tell you that much. But- <laughs> this is my favorite. This is my favorite. What you, you recorded in your uh, transformation video. You said like, I, what did you say? Something about like, I, I didn't, I th- thought I was coming to like lose weight and I left with like a business <laughs> or something like I that. Came, I came to lose weight. I left with the business. What did Amber do? To what me? the heck? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay. So I, think, I really wanted to learn what macros was about and mindset. That was the most shocking. Mm. I did not realize how much what was going on with my, in my head was affecting what was going on, you know, outwards in my body. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So during that process, as you, as you were learning and as you were going through, you you said you ended up coming out with a business, but it wasn't so simple of just like jumping from macros one and one to a business. So fill us in a little bit on those on those steps in between? So I found the information and the science behind why this was working so amazing. But not just that. I thought you were amazing, Amber. I thought the way that you coached, you know, was just really fantastic. And I thought, why do we not know this? I've been to so many places. I've spent so much money. Why is this not out there? And I just thought I, I could, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I could teach people. I could help people because they need to know this. Everybody needs to know this. Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of like the birth mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of moving into, into coaching. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. This question might seem weird, but it, there's a purpose behind it. And, it, and okay. it's not a pointed question at you. What and the reason I'm asking is because so a lot of women feel the same way where they go through macros 101 or they have their own transformation. And part of them is like, why does not everybody know this? It's like when you go see a great movie, you just want to like tell everybody about the great yes. movie so that they can go mm-hmm. see the movie too. And a lot of women have this drive and this desire, but they get held back by this. Who am I to do it? So mm-hmm. how did you, did you have any of that of like this desire to like go and like teach other women, but how did you get past that? And maybe you didn't have the fear, but that fear of like, who am I to be doing this? Oh, yes. Yeah. I definitely had the fear. I think most people do. And that's why I think <laughs> I, I, I really want to speak. I want you to speak to that because there are women out there who are listening, who have had that very same experience, but they're holding themselves back because they're like, I'm not good enough. Who am I to like teach all this stuff? Like, why would, why would I, why would anybody come to me instead of going to Amber? Like, I get that a lot. Um, not because I'm great, but because people start doing the comparison thing and, and thinking mm-hmm. they're not good enough. So how did you get past that? I think that the path of like the business and the coaching really mimics the fat loss journey in mm. so many ways. And with my fat loss journey, I, I thought there were all these rules that, mm. you know, I had to do it all and I had to be perfect. And part of the process was learning that that just wasn't true and that I was going to either, you know, get the result I wanted or the lesson that I needed. And I had to apply that same philosophy with coaching. And I remember you said, you don't, you don't need to know everything. You just need to be a few steps Mm -hmm. ahead. You need to just be a few steps ahead of the people that you are teaching and that you have something to give. You have some, some, something to offer. And I thought, yeah, that's true. I can Mm -hmm. really help people with, with what I have. And so, so much that I learned with my weight loss journey and in learning macros, 
again, I just applied to my business. I, I took messy action. I was willing to like mess it up and not know it all and to learn, mm-hmm. to grow. So yeah. good. That's so good. Okay. So one of the things that I, I know we wanted to talk a lot about um, was mental freedom. And that's something that I know that you experienced through Macro Counting. And it's something that I, I hear a lot of clients echo that same sentiment. Uh, so I'm wondering if you can uh, first define what, what mental freedom is for you and maybe compare and contrast it with what, it, what life or your brain used to look like versus what it looks like on a day-to-day basis now. Well, like I said, coming to Macros 101, I had this restriction mentality, okay? And when we think about like lifting that and having this mental freedom, the best way I can describe it is as if you were taking a test and if it was timed and closed book versus if it was untimed and open book, like you could just do the thing, you know, you don't have all that pressure on you as if it was, was timed. And so for me, that mental freedom was like a weight mm-hmm. lifted. You know, I went into this with all these ideas and rules about food and this all or nothing mentality. Either I was going to do it all a hundred percent, or I was going to fail. Mm-hmm. And some of this came from physicians. I have a great physician, but not so great in nutrition advice. And so you trust your doctor and they tell you what to do. And that really kind of stood at the front line. And it was this idea that I had to run, hit the treadmill and that I had to do whole 30 said that. And I didn't last for like two days. I tried maybe five times and just could not last. So I had these rules that, and these bags of just diet culture that I was carrying around. And it was the, the freedom was like letting it all go, mm-hmm. realizing I didn't need that. And then seeing progress. You know, Mm -hmm. after I took action to let it go and just focus on the process. And I found that consistency trumped perfection every time. It just does. It just does. And it's just been a beautiful thing that I will just have with me forever. Mm -hmm. I love the analogy that you talk about of like, like taking off the backpack or taking off the load off your back and how you mentioned that by doing that, you were able to make more progress. And and Mm -hmm. I I think about, you know, what, when you were speaking, this analogy of like a backpack came to mind of like, if you have a backpack and you're carrying around all these weights and you're trying to hike a mountain, it's going to be hard and arduous and take a lot of effort. And one of the best ways to climb faster or to reach the top faster is like take off the freaking backpack with all of the rocks on the back. And so that's kind of what I was thinking as you were speaking is a lot of, you know, coming into this process of having all those rocks of like, this is the way it has to happen. I have to do a whole 30. I I can't eat carbs. I can't eat after 7 PM. I have to like drink all this water and I have to be a runner. And like all of these, these rocks that you were carrying around. And over time you were able to like slowly remove some of those rocks. And yeah, how much lighter do you feel going up the mountain now (laughs) without all the crap on your back? (laughs) Yeah. I could finally make progress. I can finally move and also just kind of taking that finish line away, like yeah. removing it. Well, I like the open book concept, right? It's like, if mm-hmm. the test isn't timed and you have an open <laughs> book, how much less pressure do you feel than if it's like, you know, closed book, you only have a time frame to be able to finish it. It's such a great analogy. Yeah. It's, and it is that pressure release is what women need. 
Mm-hmm. They and, and and when you get it, because it's like you don't just come in and you get it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. gets it in their own time. But when you get it, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's like the boulder is completely off of your back and now you can just run with it. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful thing. Do you feel like for you that was a moment that you have identified of like, oh yes, I remember that like breakthrough moment when I really felt that weight? Or do you feel like it was more like you chipped away at it over time? I believe for my process, there were chip, 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 and then explode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It was, it was like, I had to trust a little bit here and trust a little bit there before I realized, Hey, I don't need any of that. Like I am fully in the process and being fully in the process means that you don't have to be fully in the process. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. It's funny like that. It is. It's, it's paradox. Like because when I went through Macros 101, I mean, we had COVID. Mm-hmm. We had uh, my son having a surgery. My mom went into the hospital. I mean, life was happening. Mm-hmm. And it just proved to me that I don't need all those rules because I still was able to do some of the things consistently and make progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. So, you know, often when people are starting a journey, they are looking at it like a test that has a time limit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at it like yes. a sprint. I got to get through this. I got to like get all through all the questions and I, you know, I I got to I got to sprint through this whole entire thing. Um when did you start to slow down and realize, "Hey, this t- this test doesn't have a, a time limit." You know, I can kind of take the time that it takes um, and I can just kind of relax into the experience. Do you remember when that point was or what prompted that for you? What prompted it was that macros 101 was ending. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe also some of the, the things that were happening with the surgeries and the hospital yeah. stays that I knew I couldn't execute the way I wanted to. But I realized, hold on, like, no, this thing keeps going. Like this is, I, I don't have to live in a deficit. Let's just say that, mm-hmm. you know, part of the process is being in maintenance. And I went to maintenance, which after 101 is when that happened. At macros 101 is when that happened. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can eat this food and not like hurt my body mm-hmm. in the sense of going backwards and oh the scale can change but I can still look good I I don't know there was just so many lessons in maintenance I loved maintenance I am now in maintenance <laughs> again <laughs> and I am loving it and I think that that was just something that I had never known never had an idea and I realized, oh, I'm going through these phases of fat loss and, but I'm supposed to, this is where I live, not in that other phase that's like, can be miserable. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. we try to make it, you know, enjoyable as best as possible, but this is like a total game changer. And that's when I realized, okay, this, there is no end. There mm-hmm. is no end. There's only better. Like this is a continuum mm-hmm. that we're on and I, 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 that lesson did come later on as I was still sort of going through the process and, and, and the modules, but not far, far after, just soon after, as soon as I was in maintenance. Yeah. So how do you help 
you know, having to experience this, this load off of your back, how do you now help your clients to be able to have the same experience? If somebody is listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I relate so much to that load that Dana is talking about. And I want to start to get rid of that load and feel this mental freedom. Like she's talking about what are, what are some of the advice or tips or, um, you know, pieces of wisdom that you can share with that person? Well, here's one thing I would say to be open, Mm. to be open to being coached. And I've seen it two ways. I've seen where people are closed to coaching and I've seen when they're open and I was open. I was open to learning the lessons. Mm -hmm. I was open to failure. I was open to seeing or or allowing those things to be brought to my attention and and Mm -hmm. by, by a good coach. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I wanted to learn your style of coaching because I thought having gone through sports that a good coach is someone who just tells you what to do and you execute. Mm-hmm. And what I found or what I learned is that a really good coach listens. Not only that, but they reflect the blind spots. Mm-hmm. They help you uncover. They don't tell you. They help you uncover some of the things that are deeper, some of those like the roots that are sort of holding you back. And if you're open to that and you're open to going through that process of, you know, getting questions asked and answering them and and helping to sort of unroot that in such an honest way, then yeah, that, that weight can be lifted and you can have the same thing happen for you. And that's different for different people. It's not the same thing. And that's what's so important about why you want to have a good coach. Yeah. And continuing on, on, you know, not to beat this analogy to death, but to continue on the analogy, I think the thing that you pointed out that's so important is, you know, you may have this backpack with some rocks in your back. And a lot of times we feel like, oh, I should be able to get those rocks out. I should just be able to like go reach back and just like get those rocks and take them out. And why can't I do that? And I should be better. And uh, like, I'm a failure because I can't get these rocks out of my backpack. And, you know, what Dana is saying is so important because that is what a really good coach can help you to do is like Mm -hmm. help you to access and reach those rocks and figure out where they are in your back and be able to get get them off. And it does take a willingness and an openness to that process, which sometimes can be like, well, this isn't what I want. I don't want someone to (laughs) talk me through getting the rocks on my back. I just want to climb faster. And you're like, yes, Mm -hmm. I know. And I'm helping you to climb faster. Just trust me. I'm telling you to get the rocks off of your back so that you can climb faster. Um, so I think that that's, I think that's really, really um, a smart, a smart thing to kind of relate to people. Um, I'm, I'm curious since you have been a client mm-hmm. and then now are coaching other clients, what is the biggest difference that you see in, in those roles or in those experiences? I think that, I am shocked at how much there isn't a difference. (laughs) Mm. I am shocked at how much it parallels sort of that experience of, of, of being a client, because as a coach, you're also learning lessons. Like Mm -hmm. just because we're a coach doesn't mean we know it all. We know word (laughs) (laughs) word. (laughs) Yeah. We're still learning. We're still soaking information. The science is getting better and better. And we're open to adapting things that we used to feel was one way is now a different way based off of 
having better data. And so I, I think that you're just embracing this idea of just being the scientist. That's the word you like mm-hmm. to use, you know, trying things out, seeing what works, seeing what you like, seeing what you don't like. It is a process as well in coaching. Mm-hmm. What do I want to offer my clients? How do I want to help them? How do I want to work with them? It's, it's just one of those things that, again, I, I, I am so surprised how much value there was in Macros 101 just because of, it's like, these are the same lessons I was learning. I'm just <laughs> learning it in a new way. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. I love that. I really do. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny that, so that you, you talk about, um, and I, and I think you're a hundred percent right. Is like, I think the mark of a good coach is somebody who is willing to admit that maybe they did get it right and they're going to mm-hmm. do different in the future or, you know, try something and it doesn't really work. And so they're going to, they're going to fix it and they're going to do something different in the future. And I remember there was, this was like years ago, um, in politics, I was hearing somebody was, was called a flip flopper. And it really drove me nuts because I think on some level, we should all be flip floppers that when presented with new information, new good information, we should move to it. And I think that's what scientists do is scientists don't Mm -hmm. say, Oh, this is always the way it is. They say, this is the way it is until they're presented with new information. And then they change and they adapt to the new information that's being presented. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you saying that of, I, I think a good coach is one who is willing to grow, who's really willing to get started and do it messy and get better. Um, and who is willing to adapt and, and grow over time because none of us are perfect and none of us know it all. None of us. None of us. None of us. We are, <laughs> we are still on a journey. We are, it's a continuum even for us. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about the difference between being a, is, is there a difference between a successful client and a successful coach? Um, or does it just go back to what you're talking about of just like the same principles kind of apply to both? Yes. The same principles apply to both because it is scary being a vulnerable client. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, a weight loss journey for a woman is, just so emotional. It really is very emotional. And when you're coaching, when you're, when you're working in a business, this is emotional too. You're putting yourself out on social media. If you're an online coach and that's scary. I mean, I didn't know I, one of my coach friends had to teach me how to do a story. (laughs) I had no idea what am I doing on online. And so that's scary to put yourself out there and then to do it again and then to mess up mm-hmm. and to do it again. And, and so you like to say something, you like to say, you know, your success is inevitable. And I love that. And I actually had to see that my failure was inevitable before I could see that my success was inevitable. And that was just such, such, such a mind blowing thing for me because we try not to fail, right? We right. will avoid yeah. doing mm-hmm. something so that we don't fail. But failing is part of the process. It's part of growing. It's like we don't expect a child, a baby, to just get up and start walking. Mm-hmm. We expect them to fall. And we expect them to take one step and fall, to take two steps and fall. Like we celebrate Mm-hmm. And so it's the same way in fat loss. It's the same way in business or coaching. 
it's you take a step and you fall and you celebrate because you took the step. Yeah. And you're going to keep taking steps and your success is going to be inevitable. I love that. Your success is inevitable. And so is your failure because your failure leads to your success. And so if you aren't willing to fail, you ain't going to get there. That's that's, ain't going to get there. That's so, so good. And that Uh, may be the thing that also separates those people who have the success and who don't, that they're not willing to take the step. A hundred percent. Yeah. Can you imagine how would a baby ever learn to walk if they refuse to fall? They wouldn't, they just wouldn't ever be successful. They would never learn to walk. And it's the same thing as are, are you trying to be successful without failing? And have you realized now that that is preventing your success? It's just that unwillingness to, to get it wrong, to fail a little bit along the way. It's really good. I really, really love that. Uh, what are, what are you currently working on? What are some of your current health and fitness goals? I know you're in maintenance. Is there anything else you're working on? I, so I had attempted to do a cut, but life was getting in the way. And that's why I decided, okay, this is not the right season for me to do this. And I decided to get back to trying to do a pull-up again. Yay! I was on like a great path and momentum until I decided to focus in, in another area. So um, just trying to get a few PRs and get a pull-up going is my, my current focus. And it's it. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's super fun. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so if somebody wanted to connect with you or they wanted to work with you, how can they find you? I am on Instagram at train underscore two underscore sustain. And I am on Facebook under Dana welfare and yeah, that's where you can find me. (laughs) Yeah. And we will link all of that up in the show notes. Um, definitely go and follow Dana on Instagram. She has some fantastic content and, um, yeah, I've been really impressed with uh, you're, you learning social media and, and getting out there and, and putting out really, really solid content. So definitely recommend you go in and follow her and, and reach out to her if you're interested in in doing some coaching or in, in her program. Um, anything else bef- as we wrap up, Dana, that you're like, oh, I want to make sure that this comes out in the podcast and that people hear this. I just want you to try. I just want you to be willing to take messy action, to understand that that is part of the process to be scared and do it anyway. And to really try to find a coach that is willing to coach you and not just tell you what to do. And I, and know that your success is inevitable. And also your failure. Your failure is so inevitable. <laughs> I think that's my, that's my favorite thing that you said. I, I love that. I'm going to steal it now and use it as well. <laughs> and I'll yes, give you credit. Of course. It, it. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Dana. You are fantastic. And I highly um, recommend those of you guys who really connected with her, connect on her and with Instagram and, and check out her stuff. Um, she's a fantastic coach. I can vouch for her. Um, having gone through coaching Academy and seen her in action. She's, she's fantastic. Uh, so thanks for Thank being you, here. Amber. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you found value in that episode. I loved what Dana said about your success being inevitable and your failure being inevitable as well, because it is inevitably that failure that leads to the success. I'm totally going to steal that. I will credit you, Dana. Uh, But I loved that sentiment. And I think it is 110% true that if you want to be successful, you have to go through 
the path of having failures. And in Macros 101, we talk a lot about how it isn't, you know, we kind of reframe it. It's not really a failure, it's a lesson. And you have to go through those lessons if you want to get the results that you want. So, so good. Dana's amazing. I highly recommend connecting with her if you found value in this episode. Let her know that you listened. Let her know that you, what you took away from what she said. She's a fantastic person. If you are a new listener to Biceps After Babies Radio, go ahead and hit follow if you're on iTunes or whatever it is on the, the platform that you're listening to so that you can be notified every time we upload a new episode. Thanks for being here. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.